Hello and welcome again to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host Matthew Macario and this is the podcast where you get chemistry confident and get ready to get that grade A. So hello again, we're going to be talking today about metallic bonding and in that we'll be talking about how metallic bonding works and we'll be talking about the properties of metals due to that bonding as well. I don't think we need to talk about any examples because metals are metals and this type of bonding applies to all metals. So let's get started by talking about what is metallic bonding and what is it like. We know already that metal atoms have a small number of electrons in the outer shell and they want to lose those electrons in order to become more stable and achieve that full outer shell configuration that gives extra stability. In a piece of metal, there is no non-metal that the atoms can transfer those electrons to. So they need to share those electrons instead and that's done by metallic bonding. So in metallic bonding, the outer shell electrons become a sea of electrons within the piece of metal. They're no longer held by the individual metal atoms. And that leaves each metal atom as an ion. It's effectively lost its outer shell electrons. It's sharing them among the rest of the atoms present. So let's consider an example. In a piece of sodium, the outer shell electron from each sodium atom is in a sea of electrons that are able to move around the piece of sodium. And because each sodium atom has effectively shared that electron within the sea of electrons, it's now considered to be a one plus ion. So in our model of the metallic bonding in sodium, we have a number of sodium one plus ions in a lattice within a sea of free electrons. Now the ions on the free electrons are attracted to each other so the piece of metal stays together. That is metallic bonding. If the metal is a group 2 metal, for example magnesium, then both of its outer shell electrons will be lost to that delocalized sea of electrons. And we have magnesium 2 plus ions present. And again, the metallic bonding works just the same. Positive metal ions and the delocalized electrons are attracted together, forming a lattice. So let's have a think about what the properties of metals are. We know metals are good conductors of both heat and electricity. They are excellent conductors of electricity because of that sea of electrons. If we try to pass a current through a piece of metal, those electrons will freely move within that sea of electrons. So as an electron enters our piece of metal, maybe a wire at one end, simultaneously another electron will leave the opposite end of that piece of metal of that wire if there is a circuit. When it comes to conducting heat, well, the electrons are partly responsible for that too. And also the fact that the metal ions are closely packed and vibrate vigorously in position. That also helps transfer the heat very quickly. Let's talk about the strength of metals. We generally consider most metals we come across to be very strong. Our example of softer metals, of course, but mostly we consider them to be strong. But how strong are they compared to each other? But what's affecting their relative strength compared to each other? Well, it's the size of the charge on an ion and the size of the ion itself. The higher the charge on an ion, the more electrons will be delocalized and the more attraction there will be between the ions and the electrons. And that makes the metal stronger. In terms of ionic size, the smaller the ion, the nearer its nucleus is, its positive nucleus is, to the delocalized electrons. So a smaller ion has more attraction to the delocalized electrons and a smaller ion will also generally be a stronger metal too. In terms of melting points, we know most metals have very high melting points. This is partly due to the strength of the attraction within the metallic bonding 
and it's partly due to the fact that metals have an unlimited structure size. They effectively have a macromolecular structure. It's a giant structure, and therefore it takes a great deal of heat energy to break that down. And the other characteristics we need to consider for metals is how they can be formed, how we can form a piece of metal into a different shape. And those characteristics, those properties are that they are malleable. We can beat them into shape. Think of the typical blacksmith making a horseshoe, for example. They're also ductile, which means they can be drawn out into a wire, for example. That is not something you could do with an ionic compound or a covalent compound. It's uniquely a characteristic of metals. Okay, so today we've talked about metallic bonding being a giant structure of metal that where the metal atoms become ions and their outer shell electrons become a delocalized sea of electrons within that metal. We've talked about properties in terms of the metal's conductivity of heat and of electricity. We've talked about the strength of metals and how that varies with the size of the charge and the physical size of the ion. We've talked about metals having high melting points and why. And we've said that metals can be more easily formed than ionic or covalent compounds because they are malleable and they are ductile. And these are down to metallic bonding. I hope that you found this episode of use. Please do get in touch if you have any questions on this or or any of the other episodes in this series on bonding. The best ways to get in touch are on Instagram, I'm at Chemistry Made Simple, or by email, it's Matthew at ChemistryMadeSimple.net. If you have benefited from this episode, tell a friend about it and share it on social media. If you would take a moment to give a five-star review in your podcast app, I'd really appreciate that. It would really help other students like you to discover this podcast and benefit from it too. So that's all for this episode. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Look after yourself between now and then and goodbye.